very special treat today. Tom Stammel will be bringing us the word in about one minute. He has an orphanage that has become a campus and is becoming a city in Honduras. He feeds orphans in Philippine, in the Philippines and around the world and is building an orphanage in Liberia. He's a man of God who moves in prophetic gifts according to 1 Corinthians 14. The gift of prophecy functions to exhort, edify, and comfort. Exhort means to call up or to give a charge like a general. The word edify means to build up or to charge like a battery. Or this building is called an edifice, build up. And the word comfort is to calm down, to soothe. If you're all stirred up about the wrong things, prophecy can get you focused on the right thing. So without any further ado, Tom Stammen, we turn it to you, brother. God is good. And all the time. And the devil's bad. And all the time. And he's bad the bone. Amen? ¿Quién vive? A su nombre. A su pueblo. La victoria. Good to have the two Hispanics here tonight. <laughs> this morning. It's good to see you here today. I just thank God for the weather. How many can say amen? I felt sweat coming off me. It felt so good. I'm from Minnesota, the land of the frozen chosen. And it's just good to be down here in Texas. I try to talk kind of slow because I'm from Minnesota. If you don't talk fast, you freeze to death. I was sharing with the first um, service today that uh, I was studying a Frisbee. It's very interesting. And I was looking at this Frisbee. It kept getting bigger and bigger. And, and then it hit me. <laughs> so anyway, some of you will get that next week. I want to ask you a Bible trivia question. There's a lady in the Bible. She was the great-great-grandmother of King David. Her name was? Now, Ruth is a good guess. It's very close. A lot of truth in Ruth. What's that? Oh, you got it too easy. There's only one woman in Hebrews 11 where it says, By faith, Rahab. Of all the women in the Bible, by faith, Rahab. Isn't it interesting? We're going to talk about Rahab today. And, and how many here want to be successful? Say amen. 2 Chronicles 20.20 says, Have faith in the Lord your God. You'll be upheld. Have faith in His prophets. And you'll be successful. One of my goals is to train people to be successful. I learn a lot by watching people. I am a people watcher. One of the reasons I got good grades in junior high, I was very good at copying people. I had excellent eyesight, got A's in chemistry, and uh, it was great. And then I became a Christian and had to study. <laughs> that was harder. But I did learn one thing copying people is this. Copy smart people. So I want to copy someone who was a world changer, made the Bible, Rahab, not copy everything, obviously, but there's some good qualities she had. Turn your Bible to Hebrews 11, and we'll bounce into Joshua 2. I want to encourage you to take out a piece of paper and pen to take notes. If you don't have one, look for a neighbor with a 50-pound purse. It's a man with a purse. He's probably from the left coast. And um, take out your cell phone, iPad, Kindle, neighbor's shirt. Hebrews 11, I'm going to talk about Rahab, verse number 31. By faith, Rahab. And so point number one is this. How many here want to make a difference? Say amen. How many want to be successful in God? You have to have faith. 
had a guy one time say to me, or ask me, you're not one of them faith preachers, are you? I tried the doubting sermons and didn't get a lot out of it. <laughs> By faith. By faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. And God wants you to walk in faith. He wants you to have a hope. He wants you to have a vision. But the Scripture says, without a vision, my people perish. People are dead. They're dying because they don't have a vision. Because they're not walking by faith. God has a plan and a destiny and a purpose. Somebody can say hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we were praying for the church today, I saw a radio tower up here. Amen. I saw you guys having your own radio station. How many can say hallelujah? Amen. It's an electrifying idea. And so I am encouraging this church to have one of those. Amen. God has a destiny, but you've got to see it before it happens. We are walking our property in Honduras three years ago. I had one building on the property. I'm walking the property, and I get this thought. I know it's from God because it's intelligent. It's pretty rare. And the thought comes, build me a city. I said, a city? That's funny. I can't build things out of Legos with photos. A city, what should I call it, Tom Jonestown? Our model, all-you-can-drink Kool-Aid. That'll go over well. He said, call it the city of refuge. In Spanish, the ciudad del refugio. Sounds like a great idea. So I take people on tours. I said, look, we're going to build a city. And we look down, and there's one building. (laughs) Now, they thought I'm crazy enough that it might happen. And now, when you see our video and you see the drone flying over, it's starting to look like a city. Oh, not like Granbury or Dallas, but cities like North Dakota, where the men are men and so are the women. (laughs) Amen. Some of the toughest men I know are women. How many men would agree? My mama still scares me. And so it started with one building, and now we're working on Buildings 18, 19, and 20, and somebody just sent me a check for a house. So building number 21, and it's starting to look like it. But three years ago, there was one building. What I'm trying to say is this. By faith. Say by faith. You need to have faith. What are you believing for? Amen. If, if, if you start sharing your dream and people think you're crazy, you might be on the right track. Amen. How many got some crazy faith? Is there anybody here that wants to attempt to do something almost nobody has ever done? Amen? Does anybody here want to do something crazy for God? Anybody want to live an adventuresome life? Say amen. Amen. We began to believe to build an orphanage years ago. We had no money. How many can relate? Silver and gold have we none. That was it. We had nothing. But when God put it in our heart, I said, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to build the best orphanage in the country. 2012. Picked the best orphanage in the country. This orphanage has been around for 35, 40 years. They have denominations backing them. But I believed it, and it happened. Write this down. If you can believe it, God can achieve it. But you have to believe. Amen. You have to believe in your spirit, in your very being. This woman, by faith. Amen. How many here want to see your children have faith? 
When my son was nine years old, he said, Dad, I want to be a lawyer. I said, I could use me one of them. Read my newsletter. You'll see how he, he helped me out. He actually bailed me out. No, we don't believe in bails. That's the, he helped me out. He said, I want to be a lawyer. When he was uh, 21 years old, graduated from Bethel College, he said, Dad, I want to be a lawyer. All I need is $150,000. That's not a lot of money. Even back then, our ministry was giving away a half a million dollars. 150 is nothing. Maybe I could borrow some of that half million. And God said, no, that's orphan money. So I said to my son, I said, you've got to do what I do. Live by faith. And I'm going to believe God that he'll provide that money. Amen. So he applied to go to St. Thomas Law School. And he wrote down a three-page reason why he wanted to be a lawyer. And the dean of students wrote back and said, you're the student we've been looking for. Because he wrote down, I want to help orphans. I want to fight the sex trade. I want to fight sex trafficking. We're feeding kids in Guatemala and Honduras and, and Liberia and Uganda. Here's what we're doing. I want to do more. I want to help more people. And the dean of students said, we've been praying for someone like you to come to our college. We'd like to offer you a little scholarship to help you make up your mind. It was only $75,000. I said, let's pray about it. Take it. Go fast. I'll pay your ticket. You pay me back when you become a lawyer. Now, when my son was young, he got spanked every day for four years. Now he's suing me. No, but anyways, um, he passed, despite having a brain tumor a few years ago, he passed two bar exams. The only bar exam I ever passed was before I was a Christian. Somebody actually asked me, what do you, th- what do you think about AA? I said, I don't know. AA is for quitters. Very deep. Okay, yeah. Okay. That was kind of deep past a little encouragement there on that one. Amen. Well, I believe in having a sense of humor because we do mission trips. And how many of you do a mission trip? You better have a sense of humor. Because one day you might meet a cannibal. And they won't eat you because you taste funny. But, but anyways, I told that joke last night. I don't want to repeat myself. Okay, but I'm going to call out somebody to pray for. I'm going to pray for this man here in the, the black shirt and white shirt and stand up here. And, is that, sorry, is that your daughter or your, your friend? Or? <laughs> okay, stretch forth your hands. Let's pray for him in Jesus' name. God, I pray for this man to be one of the greatest helpers and committed followers of Jesus in Granbury, in Generations Church, in Jesus' name. I pray you prosper his business. I pray, God, you give him more land. You said the meek shall inherit the earth. I'm not talking about 10 acres or 20. I'm talking about 40, 80, 120, 160. That he needs a tractor to work the land. In Jesus' name. I'm not talking about a cheap one. I'm talking about a John Deere green tractor. Glory to God. The Bible says, as a deer panted for the water. Book of John. John Deere. So That wasn't really prophetic. That was a joke. But I pray, God, you use him. The kids will come to that place and get healed and strengthened and hear more about Jesus and see a real man loving a real woman, seeing a good godly family in Jesus' name. I'll leave it to Beaver family, not all in the family family in Jesus' name. That God, they set that standard and that example. The kids will get healed. Children have been abused with, with the horses or dogs or whatever and get healed in Jesus' name. That he'd be a daddy to dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds of kids will say, the only mom and dad I ever knew was that mommy and daddy right there. And it'll be worth it then in Jesus' name. Amen. What do you think about that one? Is that good? Amen. How many here love Jesus? Say amen. How many here are hyperventilating God? When I was born, I was so excited, the doctor slapped my mother twice. Bringing that kid in the world. 
What are you thinking? When I was five years old, I got lost at the beach and couldn't find my mom. Walked up to a police officer and said, I couldn't find my mom. He said, I know there's so many places she could be hiding. But let's keep going here. By faith, the prostitute Rahab. Number two, she could not shake her title. No matter what she accomplished, no matter that she was great-great-grandmother to King David, she was, she was an ancestor of the Lord Jesus. And she couldn't shake the title. How many here have a past? Say, uh-huh. How many here have messed up? Say, uh-huh. How many have relatives that have very good memories? Uh-huh. Some of you broke the law and the law won. Right. <laughs> Shot the sheriff but not the deputy, okay? Right? We've done things. We've messed up. Amen. We can't shake the past. People keep bringing it up. But by God's grace. First is faith. Then it's grace. Amen. We've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We've been forgiven. We all got a record. We've all made mistakes. Some way more serious mistakes than others. But how many know it's by the grace of God? Do you believe that? <clears throat> it's amazing how who God picks when He chooses someone to make a difference. He could have picked somebody else, but He picked the prostitute. Isn't that interesting? He picked the woman full of shame. He picked the, he picked the bad woman. The Bible says this, He that's forgiven much loves much. That's why all the bad teenagers, teenagers become the youth pastors. Because everybody's praying for them. Get them. Sick them, God. What do you think I'm here today? The most boring time in my life growing up was church. One day we were raised a certain denomination. I won't tell you which one. And uh, we went to a Pentecostal church. And the pastor kept preaching with all his might. Come forward and bring all your problems and leave them at the altar. Come forward. Bring all your problems and leave them at the altar. It's about 30 minutes that my mom said, Amen, grabbed me by the shirt, brought me to the front of the church and left me at the altar. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Do you have a past? Did you make a mistake? At a church I used to preach at a lot before he retired, he said, Half my church, Tom, are ex-felons. And the other half didn't get caught. Say, by the grace of God. How many done some things you didn't get caught? Say, hallelujah. How many were young and seriously dumb? How many here pray to God your kids don't turn out like you? Amen. <laughs> Especially you two guys. Jesus, help us. Maybe there's something in your past you just can't seem to shake. Do you know that usually A students work for C students? <laughs> Maybe you weren't the brightest star in the sky, the sharpest knife in the drawer. But God can use you. How many can say amen? When I was in fourth grade, I got an F in English. The teacher taught on synonyms. I said, it's my favorite cereal, Toast Crunch. <laughs> and the teacher taught on pi r squared. I said, pies ain't squared. Pies is round. Brownies is squared. My son's so smart. He graduated cum laude. I graduated. Oh, laude, he made it. Now we've got to shake the past. Let go. Say let go. 
Paul says, there's one thing I do. Now, if Donald Trump was here teaching on finances, and Donald Trump said, there's one thing I do, I'd be like, tell me. If Billy Graham said, there's one thing I did to win millions of souls, what'd you do? What was the one thing Paul did? Forget the past. You've got to shake that title. If nobody else does, sorry. <laughs> Is that on video? Thank God you're not videotaping either. Shake it. Let it go. Don't let criticize, criticism paralyze you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? All right, time to pray for someone. Are you ready? Mr. Man in the blue shirt, I'm talking to you right up here. Get, get it over with. I want some guys to put a hand on him. Amen? This man's a thinker. If you'd study me the whole meeting, you're one of the hardest working guys you've ever met in your life. I've heard people say, don't hire Christians, they're lazy. You're the double exception. Amen. Discipline. Get things done. Go the extra mile. Not just on time, but early. God, this man definitely should run his own business. Should run a ranch. Amen. He can do like five things excellent that whatever he does. And he's studying me the whole meeting. Thank you. Sorry to me. Hit your chin. So, God, I pray for him to be diligent. God, to set those goals in Jesus' name. I am believing God for millions of dollars to go through his hands to build the kingdom. Amen. I pray, God, he'd impact culture in Jesus' name. That he not just have Jesus Sunday morning, but wherever he goes, Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the afternoon, Jesus in the evening. And people would see the results he has, and they'd be desirous to serve the God he serves in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Your brain never shuts up, does it? No. Give him a hand in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And the young man next to you is? And he admires you, Dad. You're not just dad and son. You're friends. And it's 90% of what you do. He wants to be just like you. If you copy your dad, you'll be super successful and have a great life. Amen. He needs to, you need to take him on a mission trip. I see us someday even on a tractor together working and building things together in Jesus' name. Amen. And he'll say in his life, Dad, you're my number one hero. You're my number one hero. How many want to hear that from your kids? Say amen. Amen. When my son said, Dad, you're, the, you're my number one hero, hero in life, praise you, Jesus. That should be the goal. Okay, we're talking about Rahab. Could not shake the title. Could not quite shake the past. And she's in the Bible. Amen. Why? Because she welcomed the spies. She just welcomed people. If you're not nice to people, don't tell people you're a Christian. Please. Tell them you're a Jehovah's Witness. Just, I mean, I'm just kidding. They're not here anyways. They don't come here. Did you hear about the, the agnostic Jehovah's Witness? He knocked on the door but didn't know why. Back in the 70s, they did a survey among Jehovah's Witnesses. They asked them, what's your favorite rock group? By far, number one, the Doors. The Doors. St. James, the Doors. Anyways, back to the point. Just a simple act of faith welcoming people. Loving people. Look what we got so far. We got faith. Okay? We, we've got overcoming God's grace. And right here we got love. How many here are getting older? Say amen. Oh, we don't look quite as good like you used to look. 
I'm going to go like, oh, God, I'm starting to look like one of my parents. I thought I'd never look that way, ever. Amen? We're getting older. Write this question down. How do you want to be remembered? How do you want to be remembered? Don't you want to be remembered as a person of love? My hero in this life, this non-biblical hero, is somebody like Mother Teresa. She just loved people. She said, we're the only hands that Jesus has. You know, I don't have a lot of skills. I wasn't number one in anything. But I can love people. How many can say amen? You know, I love to be able to prophesy just intimate details. And, and God does that. He does it and, and ministers to people prophetically. I love that. I love to see millions of people saved. But I can't guarantee that it can happen. But I can guarantee this. I am fully 100% control of loving people. I can choose to love people. I can choose to care about people. I was preaching in a church in Florida. It's 20 minutes away from the most powerful training center of prophets maybe the world has ever known. Bill Hammonds grew up in Destin, Florida. And I'm preaching 20 minutes away, and I asked the pastor, why do you have me come and minister prophetically when you've got the creme de la creme 20 minutes away? You don't need airplane ticket. You don't need housing. They're the best of the best. Why do you have me? And the pastor's wife said this. We have you for one reason. I said, what's that? She said, you pray for the kids. She said, no prophet ever prays for the kids. How many have ever been to a prophetic meeting and six people get called out? The pastor, the wife, the deacon, and three rich people. And I said, they're like, I must have a dork magnet on me because I never get called out. And she said, you love Children. It's all about loving people. It is a choice that you can make. You can be unfriendly. Oh, yeah, how many have been burned? Say amen. How many have been burned a lot? I've been burned so much, I'm just a burnt offering. <laughs> Brother, don't shake your head. You hurt my feeling. But I learned from a group from Massachusetts, it's more than a feeling. <laughs> yeah, you get burned. Yeah, you get hurt. That's what I love about Pastor Allen. I'm sure a few people over the years have not liked you. Oh, maybe it's present. But anyways, <laughs> I'm sure there's a few, but you know what? He doesn't spend all his time talking about the people that don't like him. He spends his time talking about Jesus and loving people and helping people. Amen. That's a great pastor that you have. Say amen. You can get bitter or you can get better. So my wife says to me privately, I wish I could walk around my house in my nighty, but you invite everybody to live with us. Between 10 and 25 people live in our house at all times. Non-family. Isn't that cool? We set a record a couple years ago. Four felons in our house at the same time. Four felons. Some said, weren't you afraid? No, we have two very large angels in our house, and their names are Smith and Wesson. If you hurt my wife, you're going to be a holy man. Four felons. In the house. Why do you do that? Jesus said I was a stranger and you invited me in. And we've invited a lot of strange people in. Amen. I told my wife, as, as almost perfect as she is, it's not your house, honey. It's a government. No, and I said, not your house, honey. It's God's house. And whoever he wants to come can come. You know, we teach our kids to share, but then we don't do it. Can't hear you. Can I, th- can I throw this at you? 
God's going to get this church bigger and bigger and bigger, and we're going to lose a little bit of connection. I'm going to encourage you, by faith, to welcome people. To walk up and give them a big bear hug. How many can say amen? Let's just do that right now. Stand up and bear hug three people. Come on. Stand up right now. Chiropractic adjustment. Come on. A hug. Maybe a holy kiss. Oh, maybe not. No, don't just hug your spouse. Do that when you get home. Come on. Hug some folks. Three people. Maybe four people. Okay, that's enough. You guys did really good. Okay, stop that. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I know I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry, Lord. Glad I got more time in this service than the first service. Okay, stop it. No, No talking. I said hugs, not talks. You can be seated, please. Please be seated. Quickly, before the rapture. Please be seated. First word you learn in Spanish is habla. It means talk. Habla, blah, 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 blah. So a little background. For some, I got some new people here. My wife is from Peru. She went to uh, medical school in Poland, became a doctor in Poland, then moved to North Carolina to learn English. <laughs> North Carolina, English. The first phrase she learned was, Y'all want some dinner with the kids? <laughs> so I was trying to impress her with my Espanol when we were courting. And I said to her, tu eres me, which in Spanish means you are my tu eres me novia, which means girlfriend. But I want to put a little Italiano to it. Because Italiano, romantico. And I said, tu eres me novia. What sounds more romantic, novia or novia? You know what novia means? It's a rare word in Spanish. You know what it means? It's a rare word. It means heifer. <laughs> I called her, she was raised on a farm, a heifer. Didn't get a lot of reaction out of that one. Didn't see out of my left eye for about a month. I don't know what it means. There's a left fist from a Hispanic. Uh, but whatever. Do you welcome people? When is the last time? Are you listening to me? You invited someone over to your house from the church. Got a little quiet in here. Oh, yeah, it's, and invite them out to eat, especially if you pay. <laughs> well, it's, I don't want to. It's not clean. Most people don't care if it's that clean if you make a good meal. Well, I'm not a good cook. Then cater. Can't hear you. You're welcome. Well, I got really quiet here. I'm going to change the topic here. That wasn't as good as the other points. She just simply welcomed people. When you welcome people, the Bible says if you welcome a child, just a child, you welcome Jesus. Invite people to your house. How many can say amen? Can you imagine a visitor coming and five people invite them over to their house? Be like, what kind of a church is that? It's probably a cult. <laughs> People don't do that. You don't have to have a fancy place, amen. What do you need in your house? Love. By faith, she loved people, amen. Do you love people? Do you care? I think our neighbors think we're in a cult. We have a, we have a guy moving in from Uganda. Already got a guy from Cameroon. We've had Hispanics, we've had Native Americans, we've had Indian, India people, we've had tattoo people. They're the scary ones. White tattoo people. All the nations come on in. 
But you know what? It's God's house. Amen. By faith, welcome people. Amen. I learned that from my mom. She invited the strangest people over. And I copied her. Amen. You want to love people? How many do say amen? Go the extra mile and do something nice for somebody. Amen? All right. When I preach, I tend to call out more guys and girls because after the service, guys run out of here quick, so don't feel bad, ladies. But I want to pray for that guy back there in the cap and the tie. He's dressed very interesting. And, and the lady next to you is your... Bring your wife with you real quick. Hurry up before the rapture. Amen. That's enough. Put your shoes on. Thank you. And, uh, and I like this guy because he's wearing a tie. And the Bible says bring all your ties in the storehouse. Which is like, that's why I like going to Thailand restaurants. Very deep. Okay, all right. All right. I want some guys to come stand by him real quick. Come on. Here you go. You ready? Amen. <laughs> and he, lives, he is a little bit entertaining, isn't he? You can make her laugh. Now, sometimes he'll say, quit teasing me. Stop it. Amen. But God, I just pray for this man to be a worshiper. I would love to see him someday on the stage, on the platform. He could be an MC. He's got a pretty good sense of humor, does he not? Mm-hmm. A little bit on the weird side. That's totally true. How'd you know that? That's amazing. Amen. <laughs> and I pray for him to be an excellent, excellent father. Amen. The kids he raises up will be, well, they'll be outgoing and kind of challenging. And they might even meet a principal one time. But... God, they're at least going to be fun and energetic. You know what I mean? They take after the Papa. You know what I'm saying? So, God, I thank you for his voice. Let it be, bring glory to Jesus. Amen. Let him have a beautiful house and show hospitality. Amen. Let him treat his wife like a princess, a back rub whenever she wants. Amen. Amen. And spending money. Amen. <laughs> Dude, that was, you almost choked on that one. Come out. No. It was, <laughs> And so, I don't even know what to say after that response right there. And so, Jesus, sit down. Give a hand, amen. Everybody say joy. How many here got some joy? Amen. Okay, somebody can repeat good. Now, what was the big deal about inviting somebody over? Write this down. She risked her life. You know... A lot of people talk about faith, but they always walk in fear. How many here want to have an exciting life? Say amen. I asked the first service this question. I said, if there was a movie about you, what category would it fall under? Horror? Sci-fi? Romance? Drama? Oh, my goodness. Adventure? Or the movie that once and for all cured insomnia. Everybody say boring. Say it together, boring. Some, I hate to say it, a lot of Christians' lives are kind of boring. And the older we get, the more we're willing to take a risk. Hello, can't hear you. We got all the faith theology down, all the verses, all we read, all the books, and we teach it, and we shout it, and we go, yeah, yeah. When it comes down to it, we're afraid. We're afraid. People hoard their money. People, do, I don't want to go on a mission trip. You have to get in a plane. 
Well, um, might be a little bit safer to be with a pilot who's been doing it for 20 years, full-time, been to college, than with a teenager who got his license last week. I can't hear you. Besides, biblically, Pontius was a pilot. That settles it right there. Well, well, it's, it's dangerous in Honduras. At least they don't have drones and cameras everywhere. Hello? Please are not following me on the cell phone. Hello? Can't hear you. And it's great because if you get pulled over, you give them five bucks and the police officer's happy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. And maybe even three bucks if you really, you know, if you're generous. See, the other day I got pulled over and went to a stop sign and the police officer said, Sir, did you not see the stop sign? I said, Well, yes, I did. Why didn't you stop? I just didn't see you. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. But uh, anyways, let's keep going here. I mean, I'm staying focused here. Write this down. Be a risk taker. Do something wild and crazy for God. You could die. How many are going to die anyway? I mean, I don't want to die 98 in a retirement center. If I'm going to go, I want it to be exciting. Amen. I don't want to die going 50 miles an hour. How about 120? Okay, that wasn't right either. I'm sorry. But anyways, what I'm trying to say is this. This woman was in the Bible because she took a risk. She had had a love action that was risky. We had a little boy come to our meeting. He's nine years old. And he invited his friends for his birthday party. He came to our meeting a couple days later, invited his friends to his birthday party. He said, I want to invite you to my birthday party. Please do not bring presents. Bring money. Because I want to give it all to orphans. For his birthday, all the friends' money, he got $200. Now, he didn't tithe it. He gave it all. I can't even get adults to give 200 bucks. And I got a nine-year-old kid who sent a check for $200, and he gave it all. Because he knew that, you know, he'll have another birthday. You know, live a life of love. Amen. Do something for others. Amen. Quit. we got to quit thinking of us. By the way, anybody here in science? Anything much about biology? What is the most common fish in the world? Okay, you're smart young man. What's the most common fish in the world? Anybody want to guess? Not the goldfish. No, that's a good guess, though. Not the catfish. That's a good one, too. Can't hear you, man. Not the bass. That's a good one. Trout, not trout. Not not crappie. What, what's that? It's not a salmon, yes. Not a trout. Not a t- tilapia is good. We're raising tilapia. It's write this down. The selfish. Thanks for the punchline, ruining it. And how many here have ever met the selfish? It's all about me. It's all about I. Oops, sorry, that was Toby. It's about yourself. You want to find unhappy people 
find selfish people. How many have ever been sick? Raise your hand. How many been around someone sick and they tell you all their problems? They say words in Latin, Greek, Hebrew. I got and it's caused by and they go on like for three hours. And I'm like, just be healed so we can go on, please. And I found that if we're not careful, it's all about us. How many women want to marry a man that's a giver? Say amen. Amen. Isn't that true? Not something's all about them. All about them. I found I am depressed when I talk about me. I am joyful when I talk about helping others. I pray to God. I don't think I've been here many times. I don't think I've ever said, please give to my wife and I so we can live. I don't think I ever talked about offerings that way. It's not about me and my wife. It's about people. Amen. It's about helping kids. It's about helping others. This woman welcomed. She took a risk. She did something crazy for God. And she made the Bible. Here's what I want you to do. Take out your pen and paper. By faith. Take out your pen and paper. Cell phone, iPad, neighbor, neighbor shirt, my, my newsletter. Write down something you can do for God. Because you love Him and you love people. Amen. There's so many opportunities to do something big for Jesus. Having that man lead in worship today, he did an incredible job. And there's things that God wants you to get involved in. But it's a little risky. Amen. Well, I'm getting too old. Age is mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. I'm in here want to take some risks. Amen. All right, we're going to stop and pray. Let's pray for a, what a young person. That'd be kind of nice, huh? Let's see here. How about the young man there in the weird-looking shirt? Come on up here, buddy. Mr. Jones. Okay, a couple guys want to help. Come stand by him. Stand by, Pastor. We'll pray for him. Stretch forth your hands. Let's pray for him in Jesus' name. And he likes to laugh a lot and goof around. Amen. He's funny. He's going to be helpful, encouraging. Let him go to college, get at least a bachelor's degree. Amen. I pray he'll study hard to show himself approved unto God. I pray, God, he'll be a youth pastor's dream, a young person member in Jesus' name. He'll bring a lot of kids to church. I pray, God, for him to study to show himself approved so, God, someday he can be a good leader, a good teacher, even a good preacher someday in Jesus' name. That will be on fire for God that will worship and dance and serve Jesus with all his heart. Help him overcome the temptations, all the sexual temptations, all the drinking and partying. God, their, their parties lead to death, but our parties lead to life. Amen. So God, let him make that right decision every day for the rest of his life. That someday parents will say, I wish my kids would hang out with you because you're such a good example and role model. Let them be more mature this next year. Let them hang around godly, successful men and women of God and copy them in Jesus' name. Amen, Mr. Jones. You shall succeed. Thank you. Give him a hand. Amen. All right. Turn your Bible to the book of Joshua, please. We're talking about Rahab here. Book of Joshua. It says this Joshua chapter two, verse number eight. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you. The question I want to ask you today is what do you know? What do you know in your gizzard? What do you know in your God. She knew that she knew that she knew that she knew. She had this strong faith. She would not be shaken. She would not be moved from that dream in Jesus' name. 
in our ministry, when we built the number one orphanage in Honduras, we're building a city. It has been hard. It was six months ago the government came to our orphanage and divided up our children into boys and girls and stripped them to their underwear and said this. This is Jose. He's worth $10,000. Sandra is worth $12,000. Henesis is worth 8,000 euro. And put price tags on all our kids except the handicapped ones. Because an adoption agency heard about our orphanage and wanted our kids. And we had to bring in the UN, human rights in the UN, to put a stop to it, and they backed off. Seventy kids times about 13,000, do the math, is about a million dollars. And we shut them down in Jesus' name. Because we said, you know, we know we're going to raise these kids right. We don't want you to put them into, no offense, a homosexual home or a Muslim home, or an atheist home. We want them in godly homes. How many can say amen? <clears throat> it may not be the best way to raise them, but you know what? We know they're going to be trained the way they should go in Jesus' name. And it may not be the kind of family we're used to, but down there, we're a family. How many can say amen? They even call them the Staminites. Why not? Amen. We had to fight, say fight. And you've got to fight against evil. And you've got to know in your knower that God has called you to do something great and extraordinary. How many can say amen? Do you know that? Is it inside you? Do you wake up in the morning saying, good morning, Lord, or good Lord, this morning? You've got to know. What do you know? Take out your pen and paper. I want you to write down, what do you know right in here? What do you know? What do you know your calling is? What do you know you're supposed to know? It's right here. It's right inside. It's deep in you. You will not be shaken. You will not be pushed away. Amen. You know it. Amen. How many know that Jesus is Lord? How many know, believe in the Trinity? Amen. How many believe in the Holy Spirit? Amen. How many believe in the power of God? Amen. How many believe that your pastor loves you? Say amen. Pastor Allen, you're next. I want you to stand up here. We're going to pray for you. I want everybody to stand up out of respect for the man of God. In Jesus' name, I am believing that God is going to drop on him an apostolic anointing to the next level. It's been prophesied many times. I want some of the leaders of the church, some of the men of God in the church to come forward. We're going to lay hands on some of the men of God come forward. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you fill him again with greater anointing. God, I pray for churches all across the world. Now look to him as a father, as a daddy, as a mighty man of God in Jesus' name. I pray for him to write books and trainings. I pray for that radio station. It might start with the Internet at first, but one day, God, it will be broadcast nations in Jesus' name. I pray double the size of the building. I pray people come and say, what are you doing? See, a lot of churches are big, but that doesn't mean... They're getting these people past the shallow commitment. I pray that you raise up people that are mighty and powerful and anointed in Jesus' name. I pray for divine health. I pray you make him and his wife a team, best friends, inseparable, amen, as they dream together and work together. I pray one day that somebody in this church is going to have an airplane, Greg, and I pray that he'll be able to get on that plane and go places and not to waste time at the airport in Jesus' name. I pray, God, the man can hardly sleep at night. He's so excited about what God is doing. God, you're bringing in great key people in this county to make a difference. I pray, Father God, for revival to come. Use the man to stir revival, even preaching in tents and crusades worldwide. Send him to the nations in Jesus' name. He is a father of fathers in Jesus' name. 
Amen and amen. Thank you, my brother. Amen. I don't know how to say this, but if you don't like Pastor Allen, you need a brain transplant. Amen? Is that pretty accurate? I mean, come on. Come travel with me sometime and meet some of the people I get to spend time with. Oh, Jesus, take the wheel. I had a good friend of mine. He's a very good friend of mine. He's having a bad day. He said, yeah, all my church members are morons. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing your heart. <laughs> One guy said, I like the ministry. It's the people I don't like. You never hear that from Pastor Allen. You never hear, hear that from his wife. Yvette. No matter what happens, they keep going and they love people. Amen? Give them a hand. Amen. Well, I only got one more point. Oh, my gosh, what can I say? Next key is this. Last, last key, verse 12. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you show kindness to my family. Because, say because, I've shown kindness to you. The last point is this. I want you to write this down. Whatever a man soweth, that shall he reap. The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatever man soweth, that shall he reap. Went to Liberia, Africa. Liberia, they say, of course, two-thirds of statistics are made up on the spot, but they say that Liberia is the third poorest nation in the world. They don't even have electricity because of the war. It was a very prosperous nation. And I went to Liberia, and I went to an orphanage, and their water is muddy water. They live in this dark ungodly, horrible building, and this woman took them in. There's no government help. There's almost no church help in America. The roads are like this. I mean, you have two nice roads in the city and 800 million cars on those roads. And it's just bad. It's way worse than even Haiti. And I've been to Haiti, and that's horrible. And I went there, and I caught a burden. And we've got a lot of stuff going. We're feeding 6,400 kids in the Philippines. I got orphanages in India. I got people calling me every week. We need money. Kids are dying. We need money. Kids are dying. I thought, I don't know if I can take on another building program. So I, but I did by faith. I started sending in big money. And it wasn't long ago. Long story. I have to read the newsletter. I got thrown in jail. My hurt said I stole a car. I did. And I rented from it for seven years. But long story. They admitted they're wrong. But the point is, I ended up in jail for the day. And my son called me up. He's a lawyer. I said, Phil, find the librarian. Because they, they made a mistake, and he's the one that helped me, and he knows the mistake. And long story short, he found the librarian. <clears throat> he had called 25 people in Hertz to get punting the ball, punting the ball. Nobody take responsibility. And the man from Liberia said, oh, my gosh, we made a mistake. He shouldn't be in jail. He didn't steal the car. We made the mistake. And within three hours later, I was out of jail, and Hertz had to pay me, and blah, blah, blah. And it's a great story. But the point is this, is I sowed seed into Liberia, and I reaped the harvest. I want to share something with you. Show kindness to people. Be nice to people. Give. I know you're struggling. How many here are struggling? Say amen. I know you're going through hard times. But even in the hardest of hard times... This woman showed kindness to people. It takes faith to give when you don't have a lot. It takes faith to love when you've been beaten down and hurt and discouraged. But you've got to show kindness. 
by faith, she says, I'm going to show you kindness. Please remember me. And it is essential in life to begin to sow seeds of kindness because one day you're going to need a harvest. I had no idea I would ever need a librarian to help me in anything. I had no idea that the $20,000 I gave would ever come back from Liberia. But it did. And when we sowed seeds in that country, the, the week before, we had given up our salary for the whole month. When I went to Liberia, when I walked home, I had five properties. School, four churches, hundreds of acres. People just gave me. Just, we love you. We believe in what you're doing. Help us. Whatever a man soweth, that shall he reap. If you give time to the church, you will reap time. If you give love to people, you will reap love. If you give resources and finances and your energy, you will reap what you sow. I've seen it hundreds of times. Christians that give are blessed. And Christians that don't give are miserable. And they're poor. And they stay in their situation. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. My wife and I, we no longer work to live. We work to give. And you will be blessed if you show kindness to others. How many can say amen? And that's why Hagar was in the Bible and a whole lot of other people didn't make it. Because she showed kindness. How many here want to show some kindness? Amen. Let's not have random acts of kindness. Let's have systematic acts of kindness. Jesus' name, you take that one to the bank, Greg. All right, bow your head, shut your eyes, and ready to wrap it up here. Let me ask you a question. Hey, we're going to die. We're all going to die. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Have you given your heart to Jesus? Hey, don't go to hell. What would heaven be like if you weren't there? It wouldn't be a totally heaven if you weren't there. Give your life to Jesus. Don't be stubborn. Raise your hand on the count of three. Jesus raised two hands. Can you raise your hand and give your life to Jesus this morning? Lots of people raise their hand to give their heart to Jesus. Do you need to do that?